Today, we are going over transitioning to the CEO role in your business. And I know right now you might be identifying yourself as an entrepreneur, as a creative entrepreneur, because that's what you are. You are amazing and you're doing this side hustle or you're doing this business that's producing money. Like, how cool is that? But what I want to see you do is step into that CEO role of your business to approach your business in a completely different way, in a way that makes more profit and takes a lot off your schedule, in a way that sets up your business to scale without adding a million things to your calendar, right? So that's what I want for you. And so that's why I brought on Abigail. Because, well, Abigail, first of all, is one half of Think Creative Collective. And Abigail is a friend of mine who I've really gotten to know over the past month, and I'm so glad. I just knew I had to bring her on the show, and I'm so glad that she was willing to come on the show and and talk to us about her transition into the CEO role and what that's looked like for her. Wow, so many knowledge bombs dropped. I'm not even kidding. Like, I was learning a lot from her, and it was just so great hearing how she was able to transition and kind of what happened behind the scenes because, you know, a lot happens behind the scenes that's not said. So I love diving into this. And before I get on the call and before I press play on this interview, I just want to ask if you've signed up for the free class called How to Create Consistent Income Without Adding More to Your Schedule. If you have not signed up for this class yet, then I want you to go to profitplanner.co dot co slash free so profitplanner.co slash free so once you go to that url then you'll get asked then you can put your name and email get your free seat and attend the class that's going to show you the three p's of profit that are going to help you automate everything in your business that's making you money right now so i'm excited to see you grab that free seat dive into the class and apply those three p's of profit to what you're doing right now Okay, now let's press play on this interview so you can listen in on how you can transition to the CEO role of your business. Hey, Abigail, welcome to the Profit Planner Podcast. I'm excited to be here, girl. Yes. Okay, and I know we've Instagram DM'd a bit, and I'm super excited to dive in because before I hit record, we were already talking a little bit about transitioning into the CEO role. I know you have a partner, Emily, who's also going to be on the show later on down the road after this episode's released, but you guys have a little bit different of a, I guess, dynamic than I do because I'm more solo and you have a partner. So how does that work in the CEO role? Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely both like call ourselves CEO. Like, and I never say co-CEO just because that sounds really weird. Right. Um, But even though we're both definitely in charge, our individual roles within the business are fairly different. And that didn't Mm -hmm. always used to be the case. Like I think for a long time, we tackled the same things over and over again. And we um, were working on projects simultaneously. And as of late, have really tried to work on dividing our roles into making sure we're utilizing our skill sets properly. And so um, we've kind of started talking about it as top of funnel and like deep funnel work. And so I'm definitely more top of funnel focused. So Mm -hmm. like, how are we engaging on social media? How are we getting our face out into the cold traffic world? Um, What are we doing with our ads team? 
And then Emily is definitely more focused on what happens after a lead comes in the door. So she's looking at um, what is our welcome sequence like? How do they get on our evergreen funnel? What are, what are our conversion rates at different points? And then when do we introduce them in our um, kind of business cycle to other products? And so it's been a transition, but it's really helped us kind of clarify where we spend our time and energy. Cause before it was like, we both do everything and that's yeah. not, not really helpful. So it allows us to focus and like work on things that we really care about. Um, I don't know, and put ourselves out there a little more. That's really interesting. And that's very simple. It's like you split your business up into two phases, top funnel, and then the deeper end of the funnel. So that's, that's really cool. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. And I mean, it, you could definitely divide it differently as far as like, and just saying, oh, well, she manages the social media and her cup right. of tea email management. But I think if we think about it as like two phases, it's easier for us to tell who's like going to be running with it and who's like taking a bigger role. And we're definitely both involved in both sides. Um, but it's more like, I'm grassrooting this and she's right. over here and we come together and communicate. Yeah, I love that. And you guys have a similar business model in a way because it's a passive income product as well, as well. You don't do a lot of services or any. You don't do any services as of right now, right? Not anymore. Okay, so the first six months or so of our business, we were a branding and marketing company and we did website design and photography um, and we loved services, but ultimately we felt like we were tied to our clients and their demands mm -hmm. and and that wasn't really the lifestyle we wanted to build for ourselves and our growing families. Um, and so we kind of switched it up and started building the passive side of our business. And that really helped us transition well into or Emily becoming a mom. So when she adopted Penelope, our business was much more set up for um, taking time off and the business kind of running itself. Yeah, I remember when she became a mom and Penelope came home and, oh, Emily's such a good photographer, so I always love seeing her baby pictures. Yes, Penelope's a year and a half now, which is insanity, and she's doing so many amazing things, but mm -hmm. it's been fun to watch the process because we can definitely, like, gauge our business based on how old she is. So like we can, <laughs> like we know like there was a year prior to that, that we were working on passive stuff. And then six months before that, it was all services. And I don't know. So it's just fun kind of having her as like our ticking time clock. Yeah, that's awesome. And she's just so precious. I'm sure she adds a lot of life to the office. <laughs> yes, for sure. So whenever you were transitioning to more of the CEO role, because I know there's a difference between being an employee in the business, which I feel like a lot of uh, the listeners right now are at. They're an right. employee role. They might have a VA, but they're still they're not fully powerfully stepping into that vision role. So mm. I wanted to talk about your transition into that vision role and confidently stepping into that. I know it kind of starts with outsourcing and building that team around you so that you have more free time to actually step into that role. But what did that look like for you? Yeah. So at first it was definitely more, um, 
more operations. So I started managing our growing team and working on outsourcing different parts and pieces. But definitely at first, um, I, like we kind of took turns like outsourcing different things we were doing. So Emily was very burnt out. And so we like made most of the things she was doing someone else's job really quickly. And so I was still doing my quote unquote job, um, and working on balancing what the team needed from us. And ultimately that even shifted even more away where I'm almost obsolete in our business, which is crazy to even think about. Um, and we have people managing almost everything I was doing previously. Um, and we even shifted someone into an operations management role. So they're handling all of our day-to-day team communication, mm. um, making sure they're like the first go-to with issues. So for the most part, like I don't necessarily hear about when things are going poorly, like things are getting fixed and I'm just getting the report, uh, later that week. I love that. Yeah. I use a report system. It's probably a little bit different than what you guys do. Uh, but I use a report system where every person on my team is responsible for something and like a specific number too. like my customer support. We have to have at least 85% retention every month or, you know, or above and then rewards if you get above that and all that stuff. So the reporting system has been huge for me because like you said, if something goes wrong, I don't actually know about it right away. And mm-hmm. I only know when the report comes and it's detailed in a Google doc for me to review on Monday mornings at 9am. So mm-hmm. that's been huge for me. Can you tell a little bit about your reporting system? Yeah. So I definitely feel like it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily in place at first. Like a lot of it was making sure we had people taking over the day to day so that we could even function to do anything else. And so I, as much as that's kind of crappy, like it, it is necessary. So they were doing things that were allowing us to step back into a more strategic place and just making sure like things weren't going upside down in the process. Um, and then I would say only like recently have we really, really focused with our team on making sure their individual roles bring in an ROI. Um, previously it was just like, maintaining like this is your job this is what you do but they weren't necessarily having any sort of high touch with our um, potential customers or customer retention and so uh, we definitely had to kind of start laying the land of you need to help support our sales Um, because Emily and I can't scale this by ourselves like it, it it got to the point where it was physically impossible. Like ads are amazing, but the more ads you have, the more customer service you have. And so like, we can't do it alone. Um, and so working on like, we call them saves, like how many refund saves that you get in a given time period. Um, we also work on just like overall, um, increase in sales. So the, they have their own, like, projects they might do posting over on Instagram or communicating in our Facebook community. And it's, it's really self-driven so they can kind of pick and choose things that feel good for them, but ultimately bring income to the business to support their role. Oh, I love that. And I think that's good because it gives them some kind of stat to measure if they're actually successful, which is something I've been doing because 
I feel like as as an entrepreneur, I work so differently than the average person and you do too. We're yeah. more creative and in our heads and kind of in the clouds sometimes. And yeah. but also in the data, we just, I guess we approach life and work differently, but yeah. people that work for us need structure and they yes. need numbers and they have to know they're on the right track. Otherwise they're not going to work as hard for us. Oh, for sure. I think before that it was like, they were doing their job for sure. But yeah. if we just hadn't set expectations that they that we wanted more. And when we did start setting those expectations, things that we weren't even necessarily expecting to happen because I mean, we set a bar, but they were attempting to go above it because they truly wanted mm. to see progress. So that's interesting. Yeah. That's really I, cool. Yeah. If you don't set those like, landmarks, so to speak, it's really hard for people to want to jump over anything because they don't even know what success is to you. And so if you can help define that for someone else, um, it gets them in your mind space. And so one of the things that we have implemented that has really helped that is our weekly meetings. We have a very specific agenda and we as much as we can talk about, oh, I did this and that and the other thing last week we only discuss things that were income producing activities. So what things did you do to raise the bottom line for the business last week? And what are the things you're going to raise the bottom line for the income this week? Um, and then we talk about high lows and all of that, but then we remind them at the end of every meeting, what is our monthly goal for the company? And I think for so long, we, we, Emily and I talked about it all the time. Like we knew what was up. We knew what we were striving for. We knew what we wanted by the end of the year, but we left them in the dark a lot. And so they didn't necessarily feel like they knew where they fit into the mix. And once we gave them that identity, all of a sudden they knew that like we were moving the business forward and they were impacting people's lives. And, mm -hmm. um, that was huge. So, I'm really glad that we started doing that, but it also pushed us to be more strategic with like actually setting numbers. Cause we can, we can say all day long, like, Oh, our goal for the end of the year is a million dollars. But like, what does that really mean? And right. are we focusing on certain products or are we trying to increase our membership or like, where's our headspace at? And then if they don't know, like, then they don't know what to do. So you have to communicate. Yeah. Communication is so key. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you, a lot of it, like what we're talking about, crafting a team, how did you figure out what team members you actually needed in order to support you in the best way? Yeah. So when we started, we scaled really quickly. And at one point we had a team of over 14 people and it was <laughs> insanity. Um, oh my gosh. So we had to really scale back and it was, it was intentional. So like previously, a lot of people were doing really small, really specific roles. Okay. And for, um, I don't know, the last six to eight months, I think we've really focused on not necessarily taking roles away from people, but trying to have a more core team that's mm. always around and they're a lot closer to full time. So we have more access to them. Yeah. Um, and then we do definitely have like other roles that are either temporary based on projects um, or they are temporary based on like 
a specific goal in mind or a specific like activity. So for instance, we have a team of people that edit our podcast, um, but they're not necessarily in on our team meetings. They don't necessarily know our financial goals because literally their only job was to edit the podcast, get it out there, right. get us the link and all of that. Um, so they're definitely on our team because um, they've been very consistent and all of that, but it's not, they're not a core player. And so defining the difference between those core people and the people that you're utilizing in that um, kind of like very specific role outside of the core team has been important. So we scaled back significantly and I don't even know what we're at anymore, but it's way smaller than it used to be. That must be a lot nicer. I feel like I'm at that stage where I have, cause I have nine people, but they're at little roles. They're not like you where you're saying that you have, they're all closer to full time. That's definitely what I'm headed towards, but I'm not there yet. And that sounds so much more simple and easier. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah. Well, it's nice because, you know, before I would ask someone to do something and often I would have to give them, you know, a week to turn something around because they had a lot of other clients or, um, and you know, it's sometimes it was definitely less, but, um, now it's like, I can ask someone to do something and because we're their primary client, like, they turn around and I have something in five minutes. And so that's really been helpful because typically in this growth stage, like I need people to take action right away right. in order to reach my goals. And so if I have to continue to wait, um, it's just, it just stagnates like where we're going. And so I, I'm five days is definitely long, but sometimes that's what it took. So what does your leadership role look like? Like you as a leader? Yeah. So I think for a long time I was in the sort of operation space, like people on our team, they definitely looked up to me, but um, there wasn't necessarily a big line of I'm in charge. And a lot of that is personality based. Like I'm very, easy to talk to. I'm, um, it's very easy to kind of just like share all your shit. <laughs> and so I knew like what was going on with their kids and their family and like their housing situation and like personal intimate details about their relationships and all of that. Amazing. And like, it meant that I had some strong friendships on my team, but it also made it really hard to be someone's boss and to really demand a high level from them. And so as hard as it was, Emily and I had to back away significantly from our interaction with the team so they would see us as a leadership role and so that they would see us as someone to respect and someone to report to and someone that demanded excellence. Um, and by having someone in there as the operations kind of middleman, um, they all of a sudden they had less access to us and sure we remain friends and I chat with them. But, um, when we ask for something directly, like they know what's up. And so they're very, I think they're a lot more responsive to leadership now that there's a bit of separation. 
That's interesting. Oh my gosh. So how does that play into the culture of your company? Because obviously, you know, the culture of what our company is on our team is so crucial to how fast they work, how efficient they are and how well they feel appreciated. So how does that tie into culture? Well, I, I think our core team, we have a lot of interaction with and we have weekly meetings with them. And so they still get FaceTime with us. Um, but the people that are are playing smaller roles are still those really individualized things on our team. They may only see us once or twice a year in a big team setting. Um, they may hear from us on Slack, but for the most part, it is they're a little more siloed. So the core team is getting that consistent FaceTime with us. And if the other people just need to do their job, like they hear from us when they need to, but they're a little more on their own. And um, so I would say the core team is extremely close and like very much we're working together on things and they understand what's happening on a weekly and monthly basis. Um, Everyone else is just doing their job. And it was hard to make that delineation because I wanted to like make it fun and have like this amazing, like tight knit culture. But at the same time, like if I'm paying someone 3000 and I'm paying someone else 300, like I can't give them the same amount of energy right. and space. So right. I had to step back and it's been a lot healthier for me because I was spreading myself way too thin with my team. Yeah. Wow. So now that you've stepped into the CEO role to do that, you crafted your dream team. You stepped a little bit away so you could focus more on the leadership role, which is awesome. What else do you feel like that you've done that's helped you step into that CEO role? Um, I think a big part of it has been staying on top of our numbers. So I think a lot of things when you're getting started is very much just like, floating. Like you're trying to get by, you're trying to make enough to pay your bills. You're trying to make enough to like have a nice little bonus for Christmas. Like Mm -hmm. all of those things that make up like a nice flowing kind of income. Um, when you're shifting and growing, you have to have your finger on the pulse of the business at all times. And you know, a year and a half ago, if you had asked me what a KPI was, I would be like, what? Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know why I need to care about it. Um, but these milestones that we look at and these uh, things that we have to understand in our business, like what is our refund rate? What is our churn rate? What is our um, like cost per lead? What is our earnings per lead? Like, those sort of things were like, what? Like, I just like literally, it was a whole new world that I had no idea that even existed. But now I'm like obsessed. Because if I can, you know, take someone and bring them in the door as like a fresh lead and they turn around and give me a 5X ROI in under a week, like, holy moly. Right. I'm going, I'm here for that. So, (laughs) but if you don't know what's happening, it's really easy to just be like, things are okay. And, you know, like knowing how much 
your payment plans are going to bring in over the next six months and what's your expected growth rate and all of that. It's, it's knowledge that is sometimes like you have to do a lot of math to get to it. You might have to ask some people some questions. You're likely going to have to compare with some friends on what's quote unquote normal in our industry. Um, but those were the sort of things I had to start paying attention to. So I'm really glad I did though, because now I feel like I actually know what's happening and I can predict a little bit more about what will happen. Whereas before it was like, I hope I can pay everybody next month. <laughs> like that would be great. <laughs> oh, that would stress me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that has to have everything in a spreadsheet. But what I love is that I think one of my really good hires was a bookkeeper because they yeah. helped me project my growth. They helped me say, okay, you spent this much on this, but this much is tax deductible. So it's a, like all those things. I don't even have to worry about that. That way I can just focus on the numbers like my Pinterest ads and my Facebook ads and my evergreen funnel. And cause that's the stuff that I find fun, not the actual numbers. So it's okay to hire it out too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So we definitely, we have a bookkeeper and a CPA and they help us kind of go through our monthly stuff and do some more long-term planning. Um, but the no, like performance for specific strategies, that's definitely more on us. So like how are our ads performing versus what's our organic reach looking like? And are most people coming from Pinterest or Google search or whatever, like knowing that sort of information um, and being able to analyze it in a way that's beneficial to us so that we're not just like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, what are you actually going to do about it? Um, that's the part that I've really enjoyed getting to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I feel like we've covered the team, crafting the dream, the dream team leadership, and then testing the numbers. What about the visionary role? Like stepping into the vision, how do you tie that into your CEO responsibilities? Yeah. So last year, last August, I went to a conference and I went by myself. Normally Emily and I like go everywhere together. Um, but I went by myself. It was actually local. Um, it was a broadcast. Um, so they had, they had people all over the world at this conference, but we happened to be local, uh, watching the conference that was taking place in Chicago. And they had all these incredible speakers. Um, this is called the global leadership summit, by the way. Um, and I remember sitting there and hearing from um, one of the really high ups at Google and Facebook and sitting there thinking like, I don't know where we're going. Like I used to like two years ago be like, okay, like dream world, this is what I want. And we got there so much faster than I ever anticipated, yeah. which is incredible. But it also meant that I didn't know what we wanted anymore. I didn't know what we were striving for anymore. Um, and so I came back and it's when we made a lot of personnel changes. It's when we spent a lot more time focusing on the culture. Um, it's where we started like trying to cast a vision for what we want our personal lives to look like with the income we're generating. What is the time we're spending in our business look like? Um, are we full time? Are we part time? How are we splitting our day up? Um, 
and really sort of sitting down and casting that out. Like, are there other things we want to develop? Like Emily and I have another business idea and it's like, when does that make sense? Um, okay. I really want to hear that, but I know it's secret. It's, <laughs> I'm so excited for it. It's secret. Her name is Beyonce. If you hear us talk about it, that's what we call her. Um, but she's pretty sweet. I will tell you this. She's, she's a SaaS company, but that's what I'm say. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. We're going to have to talk after this, but I have a software idea and I've, I was going to go through with it. It's called Profit HQ and it was this huge project management because I'm all about project management. But then I looked at numbers and then I was like, oh crap, uh, that's going to have to be put, be put on a hold, but yeah. Yeah, the, uh, just so you guys are aware, starting a software company, <laughs> oh I, okay, so product companies are one thing. Yeah, yeah. Best. Software companies are like an entire other beast, and the amount of money you have to invest before you're, yep. you can start acquiring customers is insanity, and so Emily and I decided long ago that if and when it happens we will be hiring an entirely other team like yeah we're, oh, yeah. we're not we're not even going to be the ceo of the company like we are going to have someone covering all of the bases we'll be the visionary we'll lead the vision we'll come in we'll be on the board but we're not going to run it and so uh the amount of money needed for that is a little crazy so It'll be a few years down the line, I think. Okay, I loved all this. Is there anything that you feel like we need, like a step-by-step? So if you're at this place right now to where you're saying, okay, I feel like I'm an employee of my business right now. I'm definitely working in, not on my business. And they want to step into the CEO role. Is there any step-by-step plan that you have? Absolutely. So a big part of our business has been like trying to figure out and map out the roadmap for people. Cause we have been in your shoes, girls. Like <laughs> we walked the walk, we had the service-based business and we wanted so badly to make that pivot. And I think a lot of people aren't talking about the pivot. People aren't talking about how to make those changes. And um, so we laid out all of the steps we took and in what order um, in a free online training. So you can actually grab that over at pbrmasterclass.com and get the order, get the training, understand the steps we took in order to create a more passive-based business, which by the way, I hate the word passive, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and really get to automating and creating sustainability because that's what we ultimately want. I know Haley's all about the profit too. We want you seeing profit consistently in your business. And so what are the steps you need to take? So if you just head to pbrmasterclass.com, you're going to get that. And we're going to tell you all Perfect. the steps. Yep. And we'll make sure that's linked in the show notes as well. So if you're driving right now or you're on the treadmill killing it, don't worry. Just come back to the show notes and go to pbrmasterclass.com and we'll have it right there for you. But I know this masterclass is so great. Don't you talk about the pancake method, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. The, Emily just started talking about pancakes recently. It's not actually 
in the masterclass itself, but the steps are the pancakes. So we talk about <laughs> pre-launch and um, actually launching and cha-chings and what's what's K? I don't remember what K is, but anyway, we take you all <laughs> the way cool. from like pre-launch, like creating that MVP, that product you can bring to the market right away, which a lot of you are already doing. You have a service-based business that's bringing in income, and we're going to take you all the way through to squad goals. So how are you going to hire your dream team? and become that visionary leader of your business. So um, we're going to take you all the way through it, which is pretty sweet. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Abigail. I seriously appreciate it. And this has been so much fun.